Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am big. The picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadon, and with me as always... Richie Byrne, your producer, Soul Joel. It's a very special, very special episode. We need to come up with new uh, exclamations for it. I, I thought that was the funny part. We every say special. Single, every uh, should we always? episode, it's All always right. a special All episode. Right. Well, this is actually special. This one is special. So that's, that's the weird part. We actually have a comedian that I've been, I've been looking forward to having on for a while. You have. This you guy have. has one of the, uh, I, I would say, I, I wrote this down la- last night. You sarcastic, you have a sarcastic comet poetry, but with solid punchlines that usually go very dark. Thank you. Your setups are very poetic and very, like, you really feel that there's going to be hope at the end of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then he makes a left-hand turn off of a cliff that goes flying he made a left hand turn off the street and came in swinging to the comic strip (laughs) (laughs) please welcome the one and only david feldman yes david Uh, feldman thank you thank you for being here god bless you and jesus loves you (laughs) god bless all of you should be a a monday morning motivational speaker just just happy to be a part of it just happy to be a part of life i woke up today and said thank you god for another day that, well, that's very wow. nice of you. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, wait, David. How many Emmys do you have? Oh, it's it's not the it's Emmys not I've the won. It's the Emmys my friends <laughs> haven't won. <laughs> you also awarded with the Writers Guild, the Cable Ace. You're a well, a well. Uh, uh, Decorated comedian, Re- respected. Yeah, respected. thank you. I, I, you know, decorated. I like that. Decorated, yeah. Yeah, I, almost I, sounds military. I would like to be thanked for my service, and I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to commandeer the show, but I was at the Vietnam Memorial the other day, and granted, I didn't serve, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it would be nice to see my name up there. <laughs> <laughs> just get get a little uh, chisel and you can put it right up. I don't know yeah. how much how much you have to donate. To that'd be kind of to get your name up there. That'd be kind of cool, like just some little <laughs> screwed up David Feldman. Like it's in sharp. What happened to this? <laughs> <laughs> it's in sharp. I mean, I will put my experience writing for Roseanne up against the Ted Offensive anytime. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You wow. For Roseanne. The now, how long did you write? How long did you write for Roseanne? Uh, did I, you write for her or for the show? The show. And for how many years? I would say a week. (laughs) 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 And we're talking about the original and not the reboot that she destroyed? Yeah. Yeah. The the original. I thought the original was a very good show. The original was. It was like like a Chekhov play. (laughs) (laughs) The Caucasian chuck circle, she would call it. (laughs) So, well, here's what's wild. So you you wrote for Roseanne. Yes, sir. You also wrote for Dennis Miller. Yes, madam. And then you wrote for the exact opposite side. Yes, they Writing for Bill Maher and Jon Stewart. Yes. That's crazy. I'm a whore. So basically, <laughs> anybody with a checkbook, you're willing will, to write political humor for. I will write for... No, I, when I wrote for Dennis... That's true. He was middle of the road, and then uh, 
I left, when, when he started supporting the war in Iraq, I had an opportunity to go work for Bill Maher and for less money, but I thought, you know what, I can't whore myself for a war that's uh, immoral and illegal. And uh, boy, I just wanted to drag it down to... <laughs> well, wow. good I, job. I'm, I'm depressed. I mean, do I have to wear this when I take no. it? You've been on for what two, three minutes, and we've brought up Vietnam and the Iraqi <laughs> War. So All we're right. off to a happy the start. Holocaust. Here are my <laughs> <laughs> here are my thoughts. <laughs> but so when you were with um, with Dennis Miller, uh, uh, I, I heard that you guys weren't allowed to watch the other comedy yeah. shows. Yeah. Because he didn't want right influence. Yes. Of whatever. Any other? Uh, I didn't even show. watch our show. That's <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want influence. I, I, even, I would just hand in. I remember <laughs> one day I, I had moved up there and uh, somebody uh, had written some really bad jokes and accused me of not delivering them properly during a dress rehearsal. And I said, "Did you have to I, do it as?" Dennis? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know, "I know you wrote them, but have you read them?" <laughs> <laughs> These are not, but uh, yeah. Uh, what was the question? I forgot. Dennis was great. He's he's one of the funniest people in the world, but he's polluted by he his he's channeled all his neuroses into his politics, and it's unfortunate hmm. that, that he can't take it out on his wife and kids instead of America, <laughs> like a good decent man would do. Like a, like a nice Irish guy. Yeah. <laughs> politics should, you know, politics should be rational discussion. Hatred and disgust, that belongs in the home. <laughs> and the bars. So, uh, can, right, can, so I just, can I just say something about that? Yeah. I, I, I do, do you do a Dennis Miller? Can no, but, but a, I do think impress? that's the problem, that we're no longer allowed to scream at our loved ones. The only acceptable hatred is political, and it's destroying our system. You it's might okay. be right. Yeah. It's okay to hate Ann Coulter and wish her nothing but the worst. But if I hate my mother or my sister or one of my wives or my stepkids, and you know, then I'm abusive and hateful. But if I hate Ann Coulter or you know Paul Ryan, I'm just uh, impassioned. <laughs> so you're, you're all right with that? No, I think we should go back to hating our family. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Not just in passion, but suddenly you're smart. Like yeah. everyone, everybody yeah. has an opinion now on politics, and it doesn't mean they really know exactly what is really being done or said. They're right. just making a an opinion based on something they saw on whatever their favorite news right. show is. Right. You know, it's one inch deep. Yeah, you know, and that's I blame social media a lot for that because yeah. it's giving people a voice who really don't deserve one yeah you're looking at one no i won't tell you who but you're looking at one <laughs> i bring a canary when i go on facebook because it gets so deep i gotta make sure it survives yeah. that was so good the, mark i like that one so the way we start every show is we talk about what we're drinking but it's pretty early Okay. So, what have you been drinking? So What's far? your favorite? Where are you the going? Birdie this day? Kool Aid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 
the best answer we have gotten yet this far. We're almost a year in. I still. I think you're setting Bernie. yourself up at this point. Yeah, I, I, I still believe in Bernie. What am I drinking? Coffee. <laughs> I drink coffee. I'm an alcoholic. And if you guys drink alcohol during the day, I stand in judgment of you, and I think <laughs> you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> well, if you're really in the program, then you must feel that way. Yeah, of course. I've learned that from people in the program. <laughs> to judge others. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's a... Yes. <laughs> I love because that. Because they're step, I think. Because you fuckers got out, and, and, we're, <laughs> and we're still the weak. I Look love at you. that it's anonymous, but... They can't wait to tell, tell you, you that they're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were supposed to shut up about that. Well, <laughs> you're not supposed to tell about anybody else, I think, right? Isn't that the whole point? Yeah. But you all, and here's the thing, though. You feel free to stay anonymous about yourself, too, because pe- pe- those AA fuckers, man, they, 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 they don't shut the fuck up. I'll tell you that much. I will tell you, I don't know if anybody's with the program. But it is not the, in this room. Okay, no. this is uh, the opposite. Is, is are you calling Craig Gas? He's calling. He's calling me. Why? Because uh, we, we we're dropping names, Craig Gas. <laughs> no, he, his episode, his second episode, is going to be dropping. Shout out to yeah, Craig no, Gas. Very funny guy. I love Craig. Yeah, what a good dude. I had to follow him uh, in Austin. Southwest, uh, South by Southwest? No, this was like 10 years ago. He, okay. He uh, did Al Pacino getting fucked in the ass. <laughs> and now David Feldman getting <laughs> fucked in the ass by Craig <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 that was a funny there little... You go. Uh, it, was a, nah. it was a corporate game, Wow. Right? <laughs> it was... Shout out to Craig Gass for calling because we would have never heard that story. No, that was a Catholic charity event. <laughs> it was it was the club in Austin. The Italian Americans. Cap City. <laughs> it was Cap City, and I was headlining, and I, and it was packed. And I come in, and I you know on a Saturday night you approve all guest sets, and he was passing through, and I didn't approve him. I wanted you know <laughs> I, I, I'm very careful who's in front of me, and I like a clean act. I don't like the war. I I, I like. I don't like anybody saying fuck in front of me. I have a thing about because I'm a, a writer, you know. I'm very yeah. precious and gentle and annoying and politically correct. And I believe comedy should be a safe space for me to share my thoughts because my mother told me I was special. <laughs> anyway, walk enter in. Craig Guess. <laughs> to, have- to let you know how not special you are. Yeah. <laughs> Pat House. Oh. And he, he did Al Pacino, he did John Travolta, all getting fucked in the ass. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, you just kept reliving your nightmare over wow. and over. Yeah, the, the Not just once, but John twice. Travolta one, it wasn't a joke. Well, yeah, he actually started <laughs> fucking him in the ass. And it actually <laughs> was John Travolta. He was wearing an apron at the time. <laughs> Well, it's good to see. Allegedly, it's, allegedly, it's allegedly. good to see Craig is writing. <laughs> I don't know, but you can't. You you know, Austin is considered one of the hippest cities in America. It's like Madison, Wisconsin. You know, yeah. San Francisco. But once the audience has seen Bill Clinton getting fucked in the ass, <laughs> it's hard to talk about politics after there's nothing funnier oh that's funny funnier. I, and here's the thing that i love about your 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 persona the way you write your direction is you come across even in your dress in your your presentation you come across like you're going to be this corporate 
comic who's squeaky clean yeah. and just maybe had one or two too many drinks before the gig and is letting his real feelings come out. Oh, really? He goes, it's such a beautiful build. I learned and then that. You swing. Yeah, a good friend of mine, he's no longer with us. Ted Bundy taught me about this. <laughs> he died too young. But he was, uh, he was such a. Always polite around women. He would open a, you know, whenever well, he was picking up a woman. I heard kill he her. killed. He, he did kill, but he would hold the door open for her. He was very, he was very well dressed and well. I don't know what happened to him. He see, would, I, he I would see, hold the back door of the van open to her. I see Kevin Downey Jr. being influenced by Ted Bundy, but not you. Well, Ted, I do think Ted was polite <laughs> you know he was civil if you really wow. look at what he did so there was civility. you have nothing but nice things to say about ted bundy but craig gas well i think he made mistakes i'll tell you this if I think he made mistakes. ted bundy was driving through texas to kill a co-ed and stopped at my club you'd let him go up well he wouldn't mm. have been rude he wouldn't have done imitations <laughs> he wouldn't have been Cole fucking people getting in fucked in the ass <laughs> I'd, I'd be able to do my job. I mean, you know, I would, I'd be go. I'd say he was a mixed bag. I think he had problems. I think he had women problems. Ted. Ted Bundy. I don't know what happened to him. Though. He did all right. I think he died. I think he's dead. <laughs> well, now that brings us to the second part of the show. Yes. Where, where we tell a nice joke. A nice clean, oh. not clean, but a street joke. Do you have any street jokes? It, it, after a show, if someone comes over to you and says, I have a joke for you, yeah, are you excited, are you nervous, or are you like, all right, leave me alone? Honestly, am I honest? Yes. I say, I hear jokes all the time, and I, and I write jokes professionally. So unless this joke is racist, homophobic, misogynistic, anti-Semitic, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested in, like, a, a cute little joke. Somebody's got to be victimized in this joke. There's now, what percentage of people stop at that point? They walk away. Really? hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I mean, I'm best friends with Jackie the Joke Man. Okay. So I know oh, every man, joke. I'm so so my, my comedy funner, my comedy vagina has been, like, stretched like a prostitute's pussy. <laughs> And, and you know if that, that little sentence doesn't scare them away, that they must be a special type of yeah. crazy. Yeah. It, it takes a lot. Then David to invites him into the green room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to hear how clever you are. I want to hear how hateful you are. So if you have a joke <laughs> where, where you're making fun of, if you're punching down. No wonder you love politics. <laughs> if you're punching down, if, you're, you're, if somebody is a protected class, I'm all ears on the joke. Because that's the kind of that's the joke you can't tell on stage. Right. That's why it's funny. It's the joke right. that nobody's supposed to tell. Right. Which and I think that the fact that you can't tell them anymore is hurting this country. It's making racial issues worse because you could have different races make fun of one race, and that brings those other races together, and that's lost now. We're not allowed to make fun of anybody. I, I think it's a good thing. We all need to get together and make fun of the polos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's a good thing for comedy because there's a. It's certain, making us work harder. Well, yeah, I mean, it, there there are jokes that anybody can tell, and then there the you can 
the people who are on stage should be operating as, you know, uh, an operating feet in five, as we say in Scientology. You should be above... <laughs> I am a sign. Did I mention that I'm OT5? No, you didn't. But I'm OT5. So we're sorry for that John Travolta crack. I'm OT5. <laughs> but, you know, comics shouldn't be telling dirty, filthy jokes that anybody could tell, which is why I've never really made it, because that's what I basically do. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw uh, I thought it was a Conan one, uh, but it was your Comedy Central special. You had me laughing so hard, and this is right when I first started doing comedy. Like I was just getting up, but we all, me and all my roommates, we worked at this comedy club on the West Side, the the enemy of the comic strip. So we will let them be nameless. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we watched your set and were laughing so hard. And then we went to the guy who was booking the room and was begging, you got to get this guy in here. He's the most sick, twisted person I've ever seen. And I couldn't believe you were getting away with it on a late night show. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that this guy's doing this darker material. And then at the end, you did this whole thing about the, you hope some guy has a gun in his mouth. Oh, no, I said, you know, I don't... I, I don't do this anymore, but I said, I, I did it on my special, I think I did it on Conan, that, you know, it's all about helping each other. I like to think right now somebody is at home with a bottle, an empty bottle of Jack Daniels and a fully loaded pistol, and maybe I said one or two things that will give them the courage to pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I was, I was 20 years old, and I hear this on late night, and me and my roommates, we all work at the club. We're laughing so hard that you just said this on TV. Yeah. It was the greatest. Now, let me ask, were they very strict about, would, would they want to know exactly what you were going to say, or were well, they? Conan? Yeah. Because I used to do Conan a lot. Right. And was it? Were they more strict in the beginning and then never, let you? Never. Never strict? It was, I, I, I swear to God. A guy named Frank Smiley and Paula Davis right. booked me on Conan all the time. This was when I was on NBC. And I would send them a list of jokes, and they would approve every single one. And they would always encourage me to do the ones that I said, that you can't do this. <laughs> and they go, sure you can. Wow. Sure you can. Interesting. And I, it was the only, and I, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, but I, I had been writing for television for about 12 years when I started doing TV. So I kind of knew how to write jokes that were coloring within the lines of television mm -hmm. so yeah. that you really couldn't isolate a, a, a protected class that was being hurt by it. Like, like that joke about, I hope you pull, have the courage and pull the trigger. I mean, maybe there's some suicide victims watching but not for long I mean, maybe they're checking out while they're, they're they're slowly drifting away it's but hard for them to complain yeah i mean you know probably now you can pretty much complain about anything yeah i mean i i actually think the somebody said to me what is the one thing that's not offensive and i said poop jokes except it is offensive to old people because they can't poop so you know a poop joke should not be offensive because everybody poops yeah. except old people. So, 
now you can't even tell poop jokes because. <laughs> but well, they'll, but they'll be dead soon too. So yes. they're not complaining. Yeah. They, uh, the thing is, is in your set, nothing at all is is where it's like uh, dirty or you can't say that or you can't do that. Right. But the whole sh- overshadowing of what you're doing is it's like, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just brilliant. Well, thank you. I always, one thing I, the thing I decided was I was so unlikable on stage that nobody liked me. What do you mean on stage? (laughs) (laughs) How do you think I feel like? I mean, you've been a fucking pain in the ass since you walked in here. I've got to live with this asshole. I gotta go home to me. (laughs) But I decided, you know, you gotta go into the thing that you're most frightened of. So the fact is I could never get the audience to like me. I could get them to laugh, but I could never get them to like me. So do so, you think that makes you write twice as hard? No, it make, I, I went into it. Hmm. I said, you know what? I'm going to be so unlikable <laughs> that they'll like me. And, and so, you know, it I, worked with me. Where yeah. were you when I started? <laughs> but the problem is I'm not famous. So like, I got 25% of the audience understanding completely what I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. but the other 75% overpower me. <laughs> they, you know, like in the clubs, and they just, because I'm not, they don't know, what, there's that generic element, 75% that just comes to see comedy. Well, so. you, the other thing, though, is, is that you have a sarcasm to you, that it's like dumb people might just believe that you're this guy. Right. But right. not get that, like when he, t- the one thing he said, uh, I have a very exotic looking daughter. She's half Native American and half American Indian. Right. And you get, <laughs> half the crowd took like 10 seconds. They started <laughs> laughing and you're already moving on. They're like, oh, I get it. But yeah. then he said, and then I have. Well, the, the joke that I did, that I didn't want to do on Conan was, uh, believe it or not, I have some Asian blood <laughs> on the grill of my car. <laughs> And, and like I didn't want to do that joke. And Why not? It's so funny. But I just felt it was uh, like violent. It was violent. But, you know, when yes. you analyze, but then you said you had a Conan set. You were in a hurry. <laughs> That's right. You saw me do that. Yeah. So I can't believe I'm remembering all this. So like we broke it down. I said, well, who am I offending here? Like Dead but, Asians? Well, yeah, but it's not really. It could have been. Yeah. Grills? I mean, I mean, if I were Asian watching that, would I be offended? I don't think so. Why? I think in this day and age, you can just say Asian and people will be offended. Yeah. That's that's sad to me. Like, you yeah. you can tell a really clever, smart joke, and someone will go, hey, that's offensive because I heard him say whatever, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and that that's what bothers me about it. I guess comedy is supposed to be offensive. But it, it's also supposed to be smart and close. Yes. And I think that's the line. That's the yeah. fine line here. We have to walk that I don't think everybody walks. I agree with you. you know, a lot of people step over it too far and, and go, freedom of speech. You go, okay, but freedom of speech, fine, but you don't have to be offensive for the sake of being offensive. I agree with you. I Thank you, because I appreciate that. We're supposed it, to connect by evoking some sort of emotion. Right. Happiness, sadness, curious. And I guess they're doing it with anger, but at times, I don't. I, I just feel the other way too. Though. Just because I'm mentioning a class of people doesn't mean I'm not putting them down. Right. You know, and people in the audience, are, you see it. They're like, oh, what are you doing? I haven't even gotten to the punchline. Let me get well, to the punchline. It's almost line. like you flipped it too. Like Asians are supposed to be the bad drivers, and you're the bad driver. Right. And you hit a pedestrian. Right. right. So it's almost like the flipping the script. That's interesting. 
Oh, you never thought of that? You never no. thought of that? <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy fucking your mother. <laughs> well, <laughs> I really regret Ironically, <laughs> she's Asian. <laughs> yeah, and I'm adopted. <laughs> I really regret that we're too early in the podcast to leave right now. <laughs> so does your mother. So your parents uh, came from China? They couldn't have kids. His dad is in China right now. That's why it's so they funny. Picked up a, they picked up a Caucasian kid in America and brought it back to China. That's uh, now, where'd you start? Where'd you start? I swear to God, we are... The second place I performed was right here, the comic strip. Oh, no way. Yeah, the first place was Dangerfields on a Sunday night, and then I started doing the open mic right here. And where are you from originally? I'm born in Brooklyn. Oh, oh okay. And I thought you were from San Francisco. No, I suck cock, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is how he got that Sunday night at Dangerfield. Yeah, I know. You know what made me nervous? After I said that, he licked his lips. Did you see? <laughs> he's not offended. He's just no. He's thinking. You sent him You sent him down memory lane. Anyway, that Craig Gas. What a filthy. <laughs> if I ever see that that Craig Gas, I'm gonna set him <laughs> straight. Well, we'll never have him on this show. So no. you know, I started. Okay. I started. Uh, here at, at the comic strip, and I grew up in New Jersey, and all my friends thought that because I had done comedy twice, they should come out and see me. <laughs> and oh, they boy. wouldn't leave me alone. And I thought, you know. What I, year is this? Do you mind? Like 83, 84. 82. Okay, okay. So I thought, you know what? I, I got to get out of New York. And I hated it anyway. I was living in New York, and I heard that there was a scene in San Francisco that was incredible. And it was. And so I moved to San Francisco. Man. So rather quickly into your comedy career, you moved to San Francisco. Like within six months. Cause I That's knew, interesting. I knew, A, I wanted to leave New York because I fucking hate it. I still do. It's, <laughs> it's more of a shithole now than it was back in the 80s. But now people are afraid to say it's a shithole. <laughs> this fucking well, that's city. A, I get ridiculed because I moved out. I moved out, and they're like, "Oh, you're out of the, you're probably you're out of showbiz." I'm like, "No, no. I want to actually enjoy my life." The club scene in New York fucking sucks, and you can learn more on the road as long as you, you know, don't pick up bad habits. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. But this, which scene, is not easy. Well, you yeah. know, you see a lot of road guys that just. Well, it's mm -hmm. easy to get a bad road habit because you're like, "All right, I know this will kill. I hate doing it, but, right. but and then you just keep doing it because you're like, right. "Well, I want to do this because I just I, once they're on my side, I'll do what I really want to do." But then you never end up doing it. Right. But, you know. you got to right. keep one club in your heart. When I was starting out, like in San Francisco, we were told, "Don't work the road; you'll pick up bad habits." And but I would work the road, but I would remember like certain audiences that I thought were, you know, top of the line. And if a joke worked with them, then I knew, okay, it's a funny joke and the, the audience is wrong. It was a bathhouse uh, <laughs> that I used to perform with Bette Midler and Barry Manilow. You did Manilow. write for her, didn't you? I did write for Bette Midler. One you wrote the, for Bette Midler. Yeah, what was that like? like? I love Bette Midler. Yeah. It was brief, and, but she's fantastic, very sweet. Immense talent. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Now, you also, Martin Short. Yes. Robin Williams. Yes. Were they all out of San Francisco? Uh, Robin was 
from San Francisco. Uh, Marty, I was gifted, Dennis Miller gifted Marty Short to me. <laughs> he did. Well, Kept him under the Christmas tree. Well, he, a little yeah. <laughs> no, when the, when he must be amazing to write for because he's not a writer per se, yeah. right? No, my name is David. Why did you call me per se? <laughs> Other businesses call that a referral. He calls it gifted. <laughs> But his, but his talent is immense. Oh, Marty so Short's the funniest. Writing for him must be amazing. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. He really is. Marty Short is. He's up there with Rickles. I think Rickles is probably the greatest talk show host who's ever done it. And if you go, go on YouTube, look up Rickles. Nobody was better than Don Rickles on a talk show. And then after that, it's Marty Short. And they're complete hmm. opposites. Cause You're right, because Short always brings the music aspect in, yeah. and he always makes it interesting. Yeah. And Rickles just was relentless. Has nothing. Rickles yeah. has nothing. He comes on, and it's he has absolutely nothing in his pocket. A lot like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be paying me for it. Go ahead. Uh, Marty, Marty Short's actually touring with... Uh, I call him Marty Short. You call him Martin <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. What the hell is that? Who are you? You know what? Maybe when I'm fucking your mother. <laughs> in in gonna, China. In China, I'm going to say, Ying Hong, you're going to I'm going to tell her to teach you some manners, young Body short. If you saw Robert De Niro, would you call him Bobby? Yeah, you might. I Joe might. He's, he's one of those guys. You don't get to call Marty short. He's, tor <laughs> he's touring with Steve Martin. Stevie Martin. <laughs> I'm done. Only yeah, they're up at the They're going to be at the Catskills. I Steven. <laughs> you have to be working close with Stevie to call I, him Steven. To all the listeners, I swear to God, we did not prep David no. that you have to pick on Joel. Right. <laughs> it just—it's a natural. It just happens. Am I picking on you? No, no. But Joel deserved that one, Marty. Marty. Joel's got a little heat as a booker, so it's Marty Short, Frankie Sinatra. This is Davey Feldman. This is a great episode. Sam Davis. Yeah, you know, Dottie Rickles. <laughs> Steven Wonder. Anyway. Back to you, Davey. Wait, so there you go. Just the, the, what you were saying, the Martin Short and Steve Martin are working together. Now, Steve I'm, Marty. Steve Marty. <laughs> Steve Marty. So if you know him well, it's Steve Marty. <laughs> I, I watched the special on Netflix, and the fact that they can go back and forth at each other with such love, but the stuff they're saying well, is just cutting. I still say one of the most underrated comedy films is Three Amigos. Oh, it is so stupidly hysterically funny. You know, they're they're not even trying to make a point. That's what I love. There's just nothing about it. But we're gonna be as funny as yeah. It's almost Stooges like. Yeah. You know. Well, I don't mean to brag about Three Amigos, but uh, I saw it when it first came out. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was literally sitting here going, "Holy shit!" I did not know he was yeah, a writer. Yeah, no, I did not know he was a writer. <laughs> yeah. That is so fucking awesome. I did too. Then you made a sharp left. <laughs> and I liked it. It is just such I, a funny movie. I liked it back the, then. The fact that they can cut like that, and, and it, 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 there's something about that, the, that roast aspect that 
if the jokes are smart enough or there's enough love behind it, it yes. works. Yes. Where sometimes I feel like on a lot of the modern roasts, it doesn't work because they don't actually know each other. Right. Which you actually are, do a lot of roast writing. I do a lot of roast writing. Do and, you? And I, you know, I write for Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. I always say that a good joke comes from hate. <laughs> I do. So, I, so you're filled with so much hate, you're joyful. But I think it's a myth that when people say, you know, I, I only kid the people mm -hmm. I love, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. I think a good joke just really attacks and is unapologetic. And I think you're right. I, I, I see what you're saying. What's it's going to make favorite, me rethink my whole act. What's one of your favorite harsh roast jokes that you've done? Let's go out on a really harsh roast joke. You know, I, I don't know if it made it. I remember Marley Maitland and Mike Tyson. I think they were at the Trump roast. <laughs> and I, I said something about Tyson punching Marley Maitland. And while you're at it, you might as well bite her ear off. She ain't using it. <laughs> 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 oh, no, no, that was it. Uh, Someone was like... Oh, oh, you know what it was? It was Marley Maitland was beaten up by Will Hurt. Yes, right. The actor, mm -hmm. and so it was directed at Mike Tyson. Like, can you believe Will Hurt smacked her around? And I think that's how we got to the <laughs> wow biting of her ear. Wow. Off. Well, that's genius. Yeah. Well, you know, to take so many celebrities and throw them into one joke and kill yeah. them all. And, and, and it's a potpourri. The idea that Marley Maitland, who's the most beautiful woman, this, I mean, you look at her, you you just want to cuddle her and hold her, and Will Hurt somehow beat well, her. With a name like Will Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Magic Johnson. I mean, you didn't know there was the AIDS coming. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe he beat me? His name is Will Hurt. <laughs> well, I guess in a way they both talk with their hands. <laughs> Folks, that's have you heard? Have, have you met Herpes Williams? What do you think was? <laughs> let's drinks, jokes, and storytelling. Is that it? <laughs> Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. 